Ding Dongs. Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast formerly about NBC's The Good Place and now recapping the Disney Plus series Loki. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, it's a cameo by Richard E. Grant. I mean, it's my sister, Marissa. <laughs> For me, he's always the Doctor Who villain from the like 2008 Christmas episode. You know but, Doctor Who much better than I do. Yeah, it's, it's not a very relatable. <laughs> I guess, all right, he's the bad guy from the last Star Wars movie that was terrible. <laughs> you can listen to our episode about... Uh, the guy who was practically cheating to the camera being like, oh, <laughs> so evil, aren't I? <laughs> you can listen to our episode about The Rise of Skywalker if you go <laughs> yes, back into please. our... Uh, so we are recapping this week's episode of Loki, which is called The Nexus Event. It's uh, episode 90, by the way, if you guys want to listen back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get your tissues ready. Spoilers all around. Uh, before we get uh, started on the recap, a little housekeeping up front. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. You can please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, you can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play. Twitter, we are at The Good Play Pod, which we got a very nice tweet this week. Oh, that yeah, that was sweet. And you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. Do you have any emails this week? No emails, just that tweet. Okay. Sweet, so. sweet, sweet tweet. Sweet tweet. Any thoughts you want to like get off your chest before we dive into the recap? I, I loved this episode. Same. Same. And anybody who says otherwise are, is going to the bad place. We're, ta- <laughs> we're taking you to task. Yeah, I thought this episode was great. Very different tone, obviously. Some people got murked, y'all. I mean, I wasn't it like last week that we were having the conversation of like, er, you brought up, you know, I don't know if Tom Hiddleston is going to make it all the way through this. <laughs> but wait for the mid-credits. That's true. So there is a shouts to listener Kate, who I had watched this episode on Wednesday afternoon because my brain could not focus on anything because it was a million <laughs> degrees in New York. I just couldn't do anything. And I was just stuck in my It's apartment. like that Aloe Black song, Brooklyn in the Summer, which I love. I love that song too, but it, it was just completely awful and I couldn't focus on anything else. So I was like, I guess I'll watch Loki because I don't really need to use my brain cells for that. And then I, at the end, I was like, man, that was really intense. And then Kate, a few hours later, watched it and was like, there's a mid credit sequence. And I was like, I better go back and watch that. <laughs> I knew. I think uh, I follow a Twitter account that their entire raison d'etre is saying when there is a mid or post credit sequence. Bless I think them. it's just like at post credit sequence or whatever. And so it'll just, you know, everything that comes out, they'll just be like, this has a mid credit sequence. This has a post credit sequence. It's super useful. <laughs> Bless them. By the way, I don't know if you all can hear the fireworks outside. Happy, we are recording this the night before July 4th. Happy Independence Day from Brooklyn, New York. I love my country so much, man, like an exasperating friend, as Mike Doty said. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> Happy 4th of July. Shall we get into the recap? Do you want to yes. do it? Do you want me to do it? I can it? do it. I, okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm fresh. I okay. watched it on Thursday night with my husband and my best friend. And yeah, it was tense, man. It was tense. <laughs> I will when we get to the when we get to the climax of the episode I'm going to be talking about what I was shouting and I have two people who can corroborate <laughs> what I was shouting the whole time because I uh, I know the genre conventions and I was annoyed that the people in the TV show didn't know the genre conventions. I think I know what you were shouting because I <laughs> think I was I wasn't shouting it but I was like like 
sweatily mumbling it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there's a cold open where we watch Ravana, who instead of being like boss lady is instead just an agent like any of the other agents we've seen. We watch Ravana capturing Sylvie when she's just a little like nine-year-old girl on Asgard. (sighs) The TVA sucks. Uh, I had to, I texted Marissa and I was like, the cold open may upset you. Just, just to let you know. She, she gets kidnapped from her timeline and then she manages, cause she's, you know, a Loki. She (laughs) manages to like steal a tempad and like knee Ravana in the, crotch or whatever and like like, run off something yeah Yeah, it's great she's about to be sentenced and instead she she manages to get off via a temp pad uh and yeah it is upsetting and now we kind of flash forward to ravana going to see the timekeepers i don't think we we just kind of see her go in the elevator is that right yeah so after that meeting mobius has like a -a tete-a-tete with ravana and she's like really pissed off and you know you know the timekeepers are like and (laughs) well look i don't i don't have any sympathy for ravana ravana can go piss up a rope as far as i'm concerned (laughs) ravana sooks she sooks by the way listeners um i i've I've mentioned this before but the term sooks comes from happy happy endings which is now on netflix so if you want to watch I don't Happy even endings. know what that is. <laughs> it's a it's what it's a a short-lived sitcom that I loved and it is now on Netflix and uh there's a character in it who says sooks instead of sucks and I I use it in my everyday and Yes, I I I, I absorbed it from you and it's great. <laughs> But it's if you great. want to watch the Ridge, go check out Happy Endings <laughs> on Netflix. So Ravana's like, do you have any idea how impossible it is to keep the timeline stable? The timekeepers are all that stand between us and full-scale insanity. And, sorry, full-scale calamity. And Mobius is like, look, I'm going to find Loki, but I need to talk to C-20, who is... Um, so C-20 is the Minuteman who was kidnapped by Sylvie, and Sylvie went into her memory and, like, brought up that scene of the bar, all that. So... Yeah, last week's cold open. Right. And Mobius is like, I just got to talk to her, like, because she was saying it's real, it's real. And like, I need to know what that means. And like, because, you know, it might give us some clues. And Ravana's like, oh, um, C-20's dead. And Mobius is like, what? She was fine. What are you talking about? And Ravana's like, oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it was just... It was such an obvious lie. Like, even coming into this cold, it was just such an obvious lie. It was just like, well, you know. The brain was scrambled, basically. The variant scrambled her brain. And Mobius is like, she was fine when she got in here. And Ravana's like, she went downhill very quickly. You know, just like the most like, uh uh-huh. And how do you die from that? Okay. So, but she's like, Mobius, don't tell anyone that C-20 was totally murdered by brain scrambling. Like, don't tell, don't tell anybody that be, for reasons. And he's like, uh-huh, okay. Yeah. So on Lamentis, you know, we cut to Sylvie and Loki kind of sitting there watching uh, everything fall to the earth. Not the earth, the whatever, the Lamentis, I guess. <laughs> the Lamentis. <laughs> and, and, and Sylvie finally, like, tells him her backstory She's like, yeah, the time fascists came and kidnapped me and took me away from everything I ever loved. And I, like, stole a tempad and I ran. And every time I ran, they were, like, ten feet 
after me, right? Like mm-hmm. every time I went somewhere, I created a Nexus event and they came and found me. So I grew up in apocalypses, like, which, you know, props to a nine-year-old girl for figuring that out so quickly, by the way. <laughs> like, good Lord. Yeah. And that's where I grew up, the ends of a thousand worlds. And now that's where I'll die. And now we cut to Mobius and B-15 are in like a, like a control, like a war room, you know, and Mobius is like, you know, we've turned up the machinery, so it should, we should know if, like, a leaf falls off a tree when it's not supposed to in the sacred timeline, like, we should be able to find them. But they're, like, nothing is registering, because they are in the middle of this apocalypse that is going to, you know, absolutely destroy everything. Yeah. And B-15's like, how's C-20? And Mobius is like, yeah, she's fine. (laughs) Everything's great. Everything's great. It's great. By the way, and, we can just pretend that the fireworks outside my window are me recreating, just doing fully asteroids, asteroids falling <laughs> on Lamentus. I'm going to edit most of them out. You can... Okay. <laughs> the listeners are going to be luckier than you are. <laughs> so, you know, on Lamentus, Sylvie asks, do you think what makes a Loki a Loki is that we're destined to lose? And he says, no, we may lose sometimes painfully, but we survive, which is, I didn't realize until the end, is foreshadowing. <laughs> Yeah, this one has a real rule of threes about the survival, the the way they talk about survival or, or that sort of thing. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and Loki's like, you know, you're amazing. You know, you've been running rings around them logically since you were <laughs> <laughs> since you were a kid, and you know, it's gonna be. And then you know, they have like a moment, which all right, I just gotta, I gotta Your get off my chest. Your husband was right. <laughs> my husband was right. I am still kind of grossed out by it, but I guess I got to get over it. Like, this is a thing. This is happening. I still think it's incest, but apparently it's not. And even if it were incest, to be fair, all, like, classical mythology pantheons are kind of built on incest. So maybe I need just need to get over it anyway. That's very true. <laughs> like, every single god and goddess in every single pantheon, as far as I, like, you know, multi-theistic pantheon is, you know, it's all, it's incest all the way down. Yeah. So, all right, fine. <laughs> we're, we're, that's true. Right, combination. Uh, so, fine, we're doing this. I, I'll just, I'll just, you know, put my disgust in a suitcase and put it at the top of my closet. So I will, I will just flag that Collider had like a good thing to say about this. So when we get to articles and discussion, Mm. I will talk about that. Okay. So then they're like having a moment. It's not, it's, they're just sort of staring at each other. They're holding hands, holding hands, whatever. And that's what suddenly sets off all the alarm bells at the TVA. Like, Oh my God, like this is the, the most Nexus-y Nexus event that's ever Nexus. And so they, (laughs) That's what they say. That's in the dialogue. And, then, <laughs> and that's when Mobius and B-15, like, open portals and, like, grab them separately. Grab them and take them back to the TVA. They're taken into custody. They're separated. You know, Mobius is obviously hurt by the fact that he thinks that Loki betrayed him, which Loki has not betrayed him. Loki hasn't done anything. No. And, you Loki know. Loki is not happy to be separated from Sylvie. I thought Tom Hiddleston played that very well. That yes. sort of, like, trying to jerk towards her while they're both in custody. I was like, I very well played. It was I sweet, f- I yes. feel your angst. So Loki's like, look, the TVA is lying to you. And Moby's is like, blah, blah, blah. I'm putting you in time prison. <laughs> and he puts him into a prison of his own memories in which Sif... Is this from a movie? So Sif was in Thor movies. Like, that Jamie Alexander, who plays Sif, was 
Sif in previous Thor movies. The cutting her hair, I'm not sure if that happened in a movie because I haven't seen Thor 1 or Thor 2. But it is cut. It is from a Norse myth where Thor is married to Sif. And so the Norse mythology, the actual Norse mythology story, I looked this up. Thor and Sif are married and Loki thinks it would be really funny to cut off all of Sif's beautiful golden hair. And then... In this version, first of all, she has very, very dark hair. And second of all, like, it's like he snipped off, like, one lock of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's as if she fell asleep with gum in her hair and he was like, let me do you a favor. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, not quite the same thing, but when I was looking up, like, I was just Googling, like, you know, Loki cuts Sif hair. Like, that's what comes (laughs) up is this Norse myth about... Basically, he. This is a classic trickster god thing where he's just like, hey, this is and very like tricks- in, in the Look, middle of the night. I am it. on board with this as a trickster god thing. Yeah, you know, it's not genocide. <laughs> yes. It's tricksterism. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, but she's not happy about it. Fine. So she comes in and she's like, "You're pathetic, and you'll never be loved, and you're the worst." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> And then she knees him in the balls and walks out and then it like immediately loops and he's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of self-satisfied at the beginning. He's like, well, listen, I, this happened to me and then I never thought about it again and I had a bunch of wine and I was fine. And then she like walks in and he's like, okay, I see what's happening here. <laughs> so Mobius is like, hey, Ravana, like let me interrogate Sylvie. And Ravana's like, no, she's too dangerous. And he's like, okay, like that's never happened before. And, you know, then he kind of leaves and and B-15 is guarding Sylvie's cell. And B-15's like, hey, did Loki say anything to you? And he and Mobius is like, yeah, you know, it's just Loki stuff. He's like, oh, TP's lying to you. And she's like, oh, okay. Why? You know, he's like, why do you ask? Oh, I'm just doing my job. And it's like, hmm, hmm, ponder. Something Hmm. is something's up. So, yeah, I was like, something's up with B-15, but I'm not sure what it is yet. So, you know, we're, we're, we cut back to the memory prison where, you know, Loki's apparently been kneed in the balls like a bunch of times now. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. I hope they gave him a cup for this scene, for God's sake. <laughs> or like or something. Or cheats or something. Ugh. And like, he, he like really spills his guts to her. Is like, yes, like, I cut your hair because I'm a narcissist and I'm a narcissist because I, like, crave attention and, you know, I just want to, you know, whatever. And then she just says something that she says to him in every iteration, but she, like, she only says this and she doesn't knee him in the balls or anything. She's just like, you'll always be alone. And he's like, like, (laughs) this is really starting to get to him. And so Mobius pulls Loki out of the time prison. And he's interrogating him and Loki, you know, Mobius is mad at Loki. Yeah. Like, he's really mad. And Loki is trying to throw himself on his sword in order to save Sylvie. So, you know, Loki's like, oh, yeah, um, Sylvie and I have been working together, like, the whole time. And, like, she's just my sidekick. And it was all my, you know, we met on Asgard and this was all my idea. And, you know... She's a pawn. That, you know, she's a pawn, right? And Mobius is like, well, you know, I saved you the trouble because she's already dead. And Loki's like, oh, that's great. It saves me the trouble. <laughs> and 
Mobius is like, uh, come on, man. Like he's I- so throughout all of this. I mean, I really have to give Owen Wilson a lot of credit. Like he is underestimated by everybody, and you know, really is good at his job and figures all this stuff out. But anyway, so you know, Mobius is like, ugh. You know, you obviously have feel like what. You- so you have the dialogue here, and I'll just reread it. Two variants of the same being, especially you, forming this kind of sick, twisted romantic relationship. That's pure chaos. That could break reality. It's breaking my reality right now. What an incredible seismic narcissist you fell for yourself. I loved that. I loved that delivery that he did. It's breaking my reality right now. (laughs) So Owen Wilson. That's great. I yeah. s- it's a good swan song for this character. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, anyway, she's alive. And Loki's like, oh, my God, okay. You! <gasps> 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 okay. So, you know, so then, you know, they're just going back and forth. And like, what were your plans? You're just going to overthrow the timekeepers. And like, ugh, you like yourself. Gross. Blah. Whatever. Yeah, and finally- he, keeps, he keeps throwing, like... Mobius is also, I think, very, like, thought they were friends, and it feels very betrayed. They are friends! He doesn't realize that Loki still has very warm feelings towards him, I think. Right. But feels very betrayed, and so he keeps lobbing this sort of low blow about Sylvie at him, like, you're, that's so gross, you fell for yourself, or whatever, your, your girlfriend who's also you, and whatever, and so. Right. Loki then. Yo, he, yeah, he keeps saying, like, your girlfriend, and he's like, oh, she's not my girlfriend. It's, like, very middle school. Yes. And then Loki just sort of cracks. <laughs> yes. And he's like, look, you weren't created by the timekeepers. You are a variant. You were kidnapped from your timeline and made to work for the TVA. You're a variant. You had a past. You had a family. You had a life. And Mobius, and, and Owen Wilson is, like, masterful in this moment, right? Yeah. Where he is just like, nice try, but you see the tiniest crack of, like, wait a minute. Right? He's already, he doesn't believe Loki. He doesn't believe him yet. However... He's already questioning all the things that Ravon is doing. Like, why can't I interrogate Sylvie? And why is C20 dead? And this is just like one extra sort of like pebble in his mountain of doubt, you know? Yeah. It like, might cause an avalanche. And, you know, I'm closing this case. Our interests are no longer aligned, you know? And, you know, he puts him, put, Mobius puts Loki back in the memory cell, which it's got to be fun. And and Loki sort of on the way back into the memory cell, like right before he's stuffed in, is like, you know, of all the liars here, oh, like you're, yeah, that's you're right. the biggest liar. And Mobius is like, why? Because I lied to you about your girlfriend. <laughs> and he's like, no, that that much I respect. Yeah. He goes, no, you're lying to yourself. And then and he then gets like stuffed back shoved. into. There's a lot of. TVA agents who never say a word, who are just manhandling Loki and Sylvie in this episode, yeah. like, a lot. Yeah. That seem to be completely unaffected. Like, you kind of feel like if you're a TVA agent and somebody and you're manhandling someone who's like, you're all variants, you're all variants, that they're not just gonna be like, oh, let me just shove them into this glowing red rectangle. I'm gonna be <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like, turn to my partner and be like, what did he just say? What <laughs> <laughs> he just, did he say we're all variants? Did he say we're all variants? Do you think that's true? Are you a variant? Should we go on break? Can we talk about this? <laughs> we need a company town hall about this. <laughs> so B15 is in the hallway. She looks unsure of herself. She goes into the cell that Sylvie is in. She looks like she's about to prune her, but then she opens a portal. Twist, as you say in the notes. <laughs> I bet a lot. 
A lot of twists in this episode, y'all. So Mobius goes to Ravana's office to sign paperwork, to close the case, and she's, like, trying to bro down with him, and he's, like, obviously on edge. Like, something is rotten in the state of Denmark, and I'm not really sure what it is, but Ravana's definitely part of it, right? Yeah. And he's like, why wouldn't you let me interrogate Sylvie? And she's like, look, you want the truth? Like, I just... And it's not romantic, right? But it's just sort of like... Uh, you know, we're just such good friends and I would just be so sad if anything happened to you. And I'm just like sitting there like. Oh, I thought it was sort of she was maybe playing on some romantic feelings. Cause she's like, I couldn't let that happen to you. You know, <sighs> it's not clear to me that anybody at the TVA has a romantic anything with anybody. That's true. Yeah. But she was obviously she was playing on sentimentality for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. sort of like, I just couldn't let you you know what if sylvie she doesn't call her sylvie but like what if sylvie you know hurt you i just oh i couldn't let it and and mobius is like i knew i was your favorite but again you're just like owen wilson is just playing this as like no man yeah (laughs) no 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 and and ravana's like oh the timekeepers want you to be there personally when we prune sylvie is gonna be great and he's like yeah great um can you just run through with me like super quick like how exactly c20 died and she's like ugh, why are you obsessed with this <laughs> right and he's just like yeah no okay sure uh that's fine and and you know this is the first episode in which we see the logo of the tva and the slogan did you see that like on the floors in the cold open I, we've seen the logo of the TVA before. But the motto, the slogan, did we see that before? For all time, I think, always or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she kind of brings that up like, we're friends for all time, always. And he's like, uh, okay. Then as soon as she's distracted, he swaps out her phone and his phone. Yeah. And then he's like, anyway, I gotta go, bye. And she's like, hmm, right? And it's like, oh boy, this is not going well. And <laughs> I know, so be- I was like, oh, and Wilson, just stick around a little longer, can you please do He's that? not, he's worried that she's going to like reach for her phone to like check her messages and then be like, this is your phone. Do you know what I mean? Like he knows that he is, on as soon as he, time. as soon as he steals, yes. As soon as he steals her phone, he's on borrowed time. So. Is it a phone or is it like a, the temp pad? I don't know. I'm calling it a phone. Okay, fine. So B-15 takes Sylvie back to the rocks cart hurricane and they're just standing there in the rain. I felt I was, so bad for these I actors. I know, me too. I was like, you know, there's just like some rigger guy who's just standing there like just spraying them like full on with like the hosiest hose they can find. They're probably like, Jared, Jared, can you just turn it down one click, man? If I were Sophia DiMartino and I read this, I'd be like, can we do this anywhere else? Okay. I am in this ridiculous they both are in like very clunky outfits like yes and we learned from twitter this week and you said this to me and i appreciate yeah. it we learned from twitter that sophie Martino is a is a nursing mom she sort of showed on twitter how her costume she like has showed a, tweeted out a picture of how her costume like kind of comes apart in pieces for her to be able to either nurse or pump and as somebody who pumped for like years over the course of having my my children like i was like now that's solidarity god bless that costume designer but it is sort of like i mean i don't know how old her kid is but you know of all the times for you to be like soaked down to the skin like yeah (laughs) being a nursing mother is like one of the worst times for that to be the case and i'm just imagining her being like jared just 
Just one click down on the rain machine, man. Just but one also, click like, down. I mean, forget. I mean, if we're talking about like you know being a nursing mother. Like she, all the stunts that she's had to do on this show. Oh yeah. I'm like I ha- really supportive bra is the only thing I can think of. I mean, of. I, I guess, but I'm like I couldn't do that now, and like my body hasn't been through a tenth of that. Like, <laughs> good job, Sophia Dumartino. Very yeah. impressed. Very impressive. So they're standing out in the rain. Jared is just spraying them mercilessly. <laughs> you made up this person named Jared. And B-15's like, when you were possessing me, they're yelling, by the way. I won't do that. They're yelling over the hurricane noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Mikey over there has got the wind machine. <laughs> and it's just like, right? It's like, Mikey, just, I, we, look, the sound guys are really mad. <laughs> so he's, she's like, when you... When you possessed me, like, I saw something. Like, I saw myself. And did you did you make that up? And Sylvie's like, no, I can't make up memories. Those are your memories. And she's like, show me. And she she puts her hand, Sylvie puts her hand on B-15's face. And they stand like that for a minute. You know, wind machine, rain machine, just going full <laughs> tilt. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just, it's so heartbreaking. B-15's like, yeah. I looked happy. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't, I was so grateful that she didn't say like I had a son or something because then I would have been like in a puddle on the floor. Like I could not have handled it. Right. But she was just like, I looked happy. And Sylvie's like, yeah. And B-15's like, well, what do we do now? And like, we don't know. Right. Like we, I, I, smartly, I think the, the, we cut away at this point. Yeah. So Mobius has Ravana's stolen phone. He goes into the library where we've seen Loki before. I oh, was like, Owen Wilson, put on some headphones, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so many things. Oh, boy. And he, like, navigates. It looks like, um. oh, do you remember our Aunt Connie had that, it was an Atari, I think, computer? Do you remember? She had, like, that 70s computer at her house, at her, at her house in upstate New York. I don't remember this. You would remember it, was, it better than me. It was, like, monochromatic, but it wasn't the green on black computer that we had at our house. It was, like, red on white or whatever. That's what it looked like. Anyway, so he's, like, futzing around on Ravana's phone and just magically finds video of C-20 being interrogated. C-20 is obviously not brain scrambled. She's perfectly fine. She's mad, in fact. Yeah. She's like, hey, I saw my own memories and, like... I'm a variant and you're a variant. We're all variants. Like, oh my God, what's going on, man? And like, that's the clip. And oh, and then no, you see Ravana come into frame at the very end. Ravana's like, that's enough. I'm I'm ending this. And you like cut in. She like ducks into frame to like turn it off or whatever. And you see like Mobius like zooming in. I'm like, yes, Mobius. Like, it's Ravana. Like, <laughs> this is not, it's her phone. What do you think, man? Yeah. Jeez. And Owen Wilson is like obviously gutted by this, right? And he, like, runs into Loki's memory cell, and he's, like, you know, and Sif has just been, like, you will die alone, blah, whatever, walks out, and Loki's just, like, uh. <laughs> not Has not been a good day for him. He started yes. out in an asteroid belt, <laughs> basically. He did fall in love, though. That's pretty, that's yeah, pretty exhilarating. Gives you wings, man. Gives you wings. <laughs> so 
Mobius is like, Loki, do you really think you deserve to be alone? And he's like, I, I don't know. What, the, what, what, man? What? He's like, you better figure out quick because whatever that Nexus event that you two created, I think it could bring down the whole TVA. And Loki is like, what? What? <laughs> like, swear to me that Sylvie didn't mess with C20's memories. And he's like, yeah, no, 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 I swear. I swear. And it's like, they like shake hands. It's like, Mobius is like, you were right about the TVA. And we got to get you out of here. And we're going to get Sylvie free. They're friends again. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna go real bad, real quick. Uh, makes me and, bad. And Mobius says, and and this, you know, look, this is like very typical, like hero's journey stuff. Like yeah. Owen Wilson is the wise mentor, and like he's not allowed to survive this. Like that's how this story goes. But yeah. he says, you know, his final little piece of wisdom. He says, you can be whoever you want to be, even someone good, just in case anyone ever tell you different. And they, like, jump out of Loki's cell, like, all ready to go. And it's like, ah, ha, 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 Ravana's right there <sighs> with a bunch of, I know. Oh, man, I was sitting there like, oh, no, oh, no. I I definitely, Defo had a moment where I was like, how are they going to get out of this? And then I was like, <laughs> and then he kind of, oh. like, starts talking. And I was like, oh, no. Like, it He acts pretty well. Yeah. You know, he's just like, Ravana's like. I think you have something of mine. And Mobius is like, oh, shit, innocent mistake. Just yeah. accidentally picked yours up. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah. Not, oh, and I forgot to mention earlier that when Ravana and Mobius are broing down at one point in this episode, she asks him, where would you go if you could go anywhere on the sacred timeline? Any time, any place, where would you go? And he's just like, no, it's fine. I like being here doing the work, right? Because that's who he is. He's a company man. Yeah. But now he's not a company man anymore because he realizes he was kidnapped and brainwashed. (laughs) And so he's like, yeah, no, oops, I have your phone. Like, anyway, it's yours or whatever. And he sees on her face like, no, this is, (laughs) this is the end. And he says, fine, you want to know where I would go and when I would go? I would go to wherever it is that you stole me from. Okay. And, you know, maybe I had a jet ski and then... Ravana's like, prune him. And the Minutemen just friggin' zap him, which that's, oh boy, I don't know, man. Like, so she didn't want to get her hands dirty. She didn't want to do it herself. And she, like, makes a show of, like, turning her head away and closing her eyes when it happens. Which I just did in real life, but nobody can see me. So that's fine. (laughs) But, I mean, if you're just a low-level Minuteman and Mobius is, like, probably, like, section chief or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would be like it would be like if the president brings a couple low-level FBI agents and it's like James Comey in there being like, "Oh, sorry, president, I accidentally took your phone." And the president says, "The FBI agents like shoot James Comey." Like, you really think they're just gonna do that? <laughs> be like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll just shoot James Comey." That sounds like a totally great thing for me I mean, to do today. Or are do you, you talking gonna, about like, our last president? <laughs> I don't want to. I'm I'm trying not to be. I'm trying not to ascribe. And like I so fine, take actual human beings out of the equation. I know I'm teasing. I so like imagine a normal president, an allegedly normal president, and normal low-level FBI agents, and the normal like director of the FBI, and the president just goes like, "Shoot the director of the FBI!" Like I don't think they would do it. You know, (laughs) I think they'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" No, we don't. What? (laughs) No. Yeah, I mean, it does make me wonder. Like, I think there's. Some right after this, which we'll get to in a minute, they they go and they find 
Sylvie alone in her cell with like wet hair and she's kind of smirking. Yes. And, and Ravana's like, who was in here with her? And they say B-15 was in here and yeah. she says, put out like an APB for B-15 because she's also been compromised by the variant. So I do wonder for people who are like super diehard or like super brainwashed, right? Like if you are in a cult, like I, so, I mean, this is, this is getting a little real, real, but like. If you're in a cult, like, I don't know. Are you in a cult? No, I'm not in a cult. But if you are in, like, Scientology or Nexium or, like, one of these crazy, crazy cults or whatever, like... Heaven's Gate. Right. There is an element of, like, you are so brainwashed that, like, someone who starts to deviate, even if you were previously buddies with that person, they become the enemy, like, immediately. I think there's also a possibility that given that these people were brainwashed very effectively i wonder if they brainwash different people to different points if you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i wonder if they pick out you know like oh owen wilson or b15 like those are smarter people so we're gonna Maybe. we're not gonna like fully take away everything that made them them we're gonna like take away their memories but leave them mostly intact and they'll be like you know sort of in charge of things yeah but like dopey people, we're just going to turn into basically like a hive, a hive mind. Yeah, yeah. zombies. Yeah. yeah, that's entirely possible. I mean, yeah, it's entirely possible that that well because and that would track too because Sylvie was talking about people with really strong minds. It's hard to enchant mm, them. Yeah, people with really weak minds. It's really easy. And so there might be some of that going on at the TVA, too, where like, you know, you have different levels of this for different people. But like, you know, I think the the analogy that you make about like the FBI agent and like the, the director of the FBI, like that makes sense. That's like a good analogy to a degree. But I think there's an element of like they were brainwashed, right? Like if you listen to any stories from people who have been through like real brainwashing, then like it's not like a normal fbi agent doing their job it is you know you have you are seriously like mentally incapacitated kind of and i think that ravana has a lot like has more clout than anybody else in the room so they're gonna she, listen yeah, to her it, well that's why i said i analogized her to, yeah. the, to the president yeah, right sure. she obviously has more power than mobius but like they're all human beings like geez louise yeah no i know but i think they i think they're under the influence, right? They are pretty much under the influence of the organization, given yeah, what we know. It's a little weird, but believable, I guess. So yeah, so Mobius is is dead. Pour one out for Owen Wilson. I like, this is very, I don't know if I should have this uh, analogy in here too, but um, for those of you who watched Mayor of Easttown, Marissa, I know you didn't. Heck no. And I didn't either, but I just know a lot about it because I was really into listening to people's Philly accents on that show. But there is a character who everybody loved and then he was killed in basically like this, a a similar type of like shocking way. Um, And everyone was like, no. So I I felt that. I was like, this is just the summer of people dying, dying shockingly beloved characters dying shockingly but you're right i mean he is the like mentor character and they typically don't survive but yes i was just he's so charming in this role i'm really gonna miss him i wonder if they like got a discount because they didn't have to pay him for all the episodes (laughs) (laughs) he does i'm sure he doesn't come cheap no so 
The Minutemen take Sylvie and Loki, you know, to this elevator that Sylvie was fighting to get to, you know, before, you know, last episode or episode before. And so they're finally, you know, there being escorted by Ravana. And Sylvie's like, Sylvie is obviously like real pissed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, you know, she's like, do you remember me? And Ravana's like, yeah. And (laughs) Sylvie's like, all right, what was the crime so heinous that, you know, I had to be pruned off the timeline? Ravana's like, I don't remember. Right? Which, of, of course, she doesn't, right? It was probably that Sylvie, like, was supposed to play with an airplane and played with a train instead or something, right? Like, she's just a little kid. It wasn't what I had originally thought, that it was her birth that was the thing that was the Nexus event. Yeah, I I read something about that where one of the reviews I read said that, like, they don't believe that Ravana doesn't remember and, like, maybe that'll sort of come back at a certain point, but that... You know, why was it that, like, it's interesting that they didn't capture her until she was eight or nine years old. Like, why wouldn't it have been at her birth if she is this, like, goddess of chaos that's not supposed to exist? Yes, which is, you know, like, I I had a theory that it was, right, that it was her birth and that Asgard protected her in some way. And, like, maybe that's still true, right? Maybe mm-hmm. Asgard protected her sufficiently that she made it to an age old enough that she at least could survive poorly, but survive on her own. When mm-hmm. she was captured, or maybe it was like she was being protected by a particular god or goddess, and then that god or goddess either died or had to leave Asgard for a time, and that's when they came in and got her. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah. So they go into the timekeeper's chamber, and there's these like it's very like super misty, and like there's these three gigantic dudes sitting up on big old thrones. Gotta, these dudes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them looks like Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean. One of them, they look like straight up Dr. Seuss characters. <laughs> and I had a moment where I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's probably intentional. Yes, I think so too. But yeah, it's very, it's very Wizard of Oz, right? It's very mm-hmm. like, blue, you know, and they have super weird voices too. Like I really didn't care for their voices at all. No. One of them was like, <laughs> One of them was like, what? <laughs> I was like, how long am I going to have to listen to this? Jeez Louise. So they're like, any last word? I'm not doing the voice. Like, any yeah. last word? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm punchy this episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. And Loki's like, no. And <laughs> Sylvie tries to, like, move towards them. Like, I think you're scared of us. Like, you know. There's, that's the reason you brought us. And she's like trying to advance towards them. And then Ravana's just like rewinding her. Mm-hmm. But then she tries to rewind her and it doesn't fully work. And she's like, oh, what's going on? And then B-15 like portals in. And then there's just like a gigantic fight. Like a very long fight scene where Loki and Sylvie and I guess B-15. I didn't see what happened to B-15. Did you? No. So Loki and Sylvie and B-15 are like hand-to-hand fighting with the Minutemen who are, like, still loyal to the Timekeeper. So that's Ravana and, like, her little thugs. Yeah. And so there's just a bunch of fight, And, you know, you always got to worry about that glow stick. <laughs> you know, the little the little firefly butt at the end of yeah. their sticks because that's the Pruninator. Yeah. And so, you know, oh, they're grappling, they're grappling. And, you know, fine. They, they, they take out all the Minutemen. But I... So... And I, I have two people who can confirm this. From this moment until the end of the episode, I was yelling every moment, Ravana's not dead. Yep. 
Keep a sharp eye out, y'all. Ravana's yep. not dead. Don't get complacent. Yep. Ravana's not dead. She's super not dead, guy. I was like, she's still on the ground. She is not dead. You have got to keep an eye out. But of course they don't because this is just like horror movie convention, right? Like, you think you've... <sighs> anyway. So, they go. Sylvie decapitates one of the timekeepers and whoops, it's an android. It's like they're like animatronics. They're not even androids. Like an android is like a living thing that's just like it's well, a living thing. An android is is a is an autonomous, artificially intelligent robot person. This is not what these this these guys are animatronic characters. They're like a Disneyland. Yes, it's Hall of Presidents gone very wrong. Maybe it's a commentary on Hall of Presidents. Maybe it is. So Sylvie is like devastated. You know, because this is her whole plan was leading up to this point and like so she she bombed the sacred timeline with the intent of like distracting everybody so she could get into this room and like that didn't work out but she managed to get there another way and she's finally at her goal and it turns out that these are not the people who kidnapped her from her home and her people and set her off on a lifetime of misery like they're just Abraham Lincoln and Thomas Jefferson <laughs> but dolled up in really weird makeup and she's just like whoa what what is going on? Like, who created the TVA? And Loki's like, he's like super emotional. He like takes her hands and he's like, we're going to figure this out. I promise it's going to be okay. She's like, you don't know it's going to be. No, I know it's going to be okay. Look, I just have to tell you this. This is um, what the point where I was like. Yes. No, Ravana's not dead. I was no, like. No, don't do it. I was don't like. Don't let your guard down, man. No. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, the whole time. I, I was like, the way they're so framing this shot. The way they're framing this shot, I was like, we can't. Loki, hello. (laughs) Where's your spidey sense? So (laughs) you are a trickster god. You should know when someone is faking dead. Okay. (laughs) So he like takes her hands and he's like, I don't even know how to say this. And like, I've never been had any experiences. Like he's like really like doing like this very long wind up, you know, where it's like, it's just like so weird and different for me. And I don't, and Sylvie's like, what is even what? And he's like, it's just that. And then it's like, Zorp. <laughs> Ravana comes in and murks him from behind because she's the worst. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not even like, if I were Sylvie, I'd be like, I have no idea what this guy was trying to tell me. <laughs> not, do you know what I mean? Like, it was not like, I've never felt about anything the way I feel about you. It was none of that. It was all like a very long, uh, like, and, and gentle climb. <laughs> to, right? It wasn't like, the minute I saw you, I knew my life would never, it's none of that. It is like, oh, well, I just, <laughs> it was I just, oof. It's just like, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know how to talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, well, although, where do I begin? (laughs) Counterpoint, she's him. Maybe she does know. If she's him, then this goes back to being gross. And I, (laughs) I there are are two iterations of the same person. And we, Oh, you made me snort. (laughs) (laughs) But they're two iterations of the same person. And we talked at length in our last episode about how they have the same mind. Like, they can't get one up on each other because they know each other so well. Like, 
there's a I think there's a pretty good chance that like yes he was falling all over himself and like had a very long wind up but like she probably feels the same way on some level right like <laughs> maybe who knows it. who knows I guess we'll find out yeah so you know Sylvie's like super mad obviously and she gets the better of Ravana in another hand to hand combat Ravana's like ugh just kill me and Sylvie's like no 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 you don't get off that easy no 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 you're going to tell me everything and then we have an outro song that you've written down the lyrics to. If you'd like to recite them, please feel free. I have been listening. Whoever the music supervisor on this show is. Oh my is God. Like give give this person all the Emmys. Doing a bang up dang job because I thought this, I was like, this, this song is so catchy. And then of course the lyrics are, again, 100% related to what's happening. So it's a song called If You Love Me by Brenda Lee. And the lyrics are, uh, if it seems that everything is lost, I will smile and never count the cost. If you love me, really love me, let it happen, darling, I won't care. And then later on in the song, they say, when at last our life on earth is through, I will share eternity with you. If you love me, really love me, let it happen, I won't care. And I've been belting this song. I I live alone. I have been just belting this song. I mean, you do live in an apartment building with other human beings. That's true. I hope they really like this song. I hope everyone on my floor really likes this song because it's all I've been playing. Singing in the shower. It's great. So then we get a mid credit scene and you see Tom Hiddleston waking up and he's like, am I in hell? And I, 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 before he said that, I was sitting on the couch going, is he in heaven? And then he goes, am I in hell? And I was like, all right, well, okay. His sister's they don't, name is hell. I know. It doesn't, he means like Norse hell. Okay. It's different. And then you hear like, no, but if you don't come with us, you will be. And then the camera pans up and we see, this is the the names that the fans are calling them because they're going by the, I believe the German credits actually gave these people like Loki names. So I'm just going to go with that. Boastful Loki, who did not read to me as a Loki, read to me as a Thor variant because he had the hammer. Yeah. Uh, Kid Loki, who apparently exists in the Marvel comics. Kid Loki is holding Croco Loki, <laughs> a little crocodile or, with a little horn helmet. It was so or cute. Lizard Loki. Yeah, I like Croco Loki. And then, and then uh, Richard E. Grant is classic Loki. So he is wearing the costume that Loki was wearing when he made his Marvel comics debut in the Year of Our Lord, <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> So Richard E. Grant, of course, is who we referred to at the beginning of the episode. He is, most recently, he was in that real bad Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker. He was also in Doctor Who. He's been he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, classically trained British actor. So, yeah. Anyway, and that's, that's the last image of the episode is just them looking down on him. And they are in a post-apocalyptic New York. So you see Stark Tower... Oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get it either. I read it online. It, it's like a ruined Stark Tower and like a ruined New York. And that's where they are. And we don't see any other, you know, beings in this place yet. Hey, and that's what's what we end on. Marvel, leave New York alone. Okay. We've got enough <laughs> problems. Like Even the just the heat. <laughs> it's the heat. It's the rank choice voting for mayor. It's the... <laughs> Oh yeah, I read about that. It's a lot. Okay, I mean, we've got a choice lot voting going on. is a good thing. Is it though? <laughs> it is. The thing you have to do is correctly separate your real votes from your fake votes. <laughs> Oops. Oops. 
Board of, New York City Board of Elections is famously incompetent. We've got a lot going on is all I'm saying. And like, w- please don't. <laughs> please just. Man, there's so much to talk about in this episode. And I also want to sing that song now. If you love, if you really love me. Where would you like to start? I've got a lot of articles. Yeah, why don't you yeah, dive into something? I've okay. talked a lot. Okay, so we'll start with because we ended with the new Lokis. Uh, or the the alternate Lokis. Um, I'll start there. Um, so Variety had a really lovely uh, recap called What the Heck Just Happened and Other Burning Questions, which I really appreciated. And one of the questions was, wait, who are all these new Lokis? And um, this is a bit of a long explanation, but I think it gives us some some background on like who these people might be and also like why they're being featured. So uh, quote, when Ravana erased Loki, she apparently didn't kill him, but sent him to what looks like a barren depository for discarded Lokis and possibly other pruned variants, which this is my editorialization. Like, maybe we should talk about that because I do have questions about, like, where all these people go when they're pruned. So I, I will just, so I, you know, I was talking with my, with my best friend about this and it's like, and he's like, I don't think, you know, I think that Mobius is also alive. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Right. Mm-hmm. For a couple of mm-hmm. reasons. First of all, the pathos of that moment is really undercut. If it turns out he's like, fine, somewhere else. It's yeah, cool. I Actually, agree. none of it's real. I think at best we will get to see Mobius like in his non-variant form, like enjoying a jet ski, like yeah. as like part of like a post-credit wrap up for the last episode. But that's, I think, the only way that we're going to see him again. Ready to be proven wrong, but I, I think Mobius's death is final. Yeah, I would agree with you. And we foreshadowed the fact that Lokis are not like other people in the beginning of the episode when Loki says, you know, we don't die. We lose, but we don't die. Yeah, we survive. That's, we survive. Like, that's what that is about. It is about the fact that Lokis are different and special because they are gods after all. Yeah. <laughs> And so they are probably going to react to pruning in a different way than a poor little fragile human. Yeah, that's probably true. And also um, during the interrogation scene between Mobius and and Loki, you know, I'm sort of putting this together now where Mobius says, like, did you mean that thing you said about them lying to me? Or was that just a cockroach's instinct to survive? So like... You know, he's coming back like a cockroach, right? They never, they always survive. They they survive everything. So they survive apocalypses, cockroaches do. So, yep. so the quote goes on, or the article goes on. According to the end credits, Loki was greeted by boastful Loki, kid Loki, classic Loki, and an alligator with a Loki helmet who the internet is already calling lizard Loki. But I like Marissa's better, Croc-a-Loki. Croc-a-Loki. <laughs> so classic Loki appears to be wearing a version of Loki's comic book costume, Boastful Loki is wielding what looks to be a variant of Mjolnir, which is Thor's hammer. It's the appearance appearance of Kid Loki, however, that is most intriguing. Like the name suggests, in the comics, he's a youthful reincarnation of the god of mischief. More importantly, he's the latest in a growing roster of the new MCU characters who play major roles in the Young Avengers storyline. His introduction here is perhaps the biggest indication yet that a Young Avengers series feature or both is coming on Marvel Studios Horizon. And I'm happy. I'm about to... You haven't watched WandaVision yet, Brianna, no. have you? No. Okay. Cover, you can, your, your, you can... cover your ears for a second. <laughs> Are you there covered? Yes. You good? Okay. Every listeners, I'm glad because this means the, the new Avengers, uh, one of Wanda's kids is in the new Avengers, and this means that 
uh, Wanda's children are not in fact lost forever, which was something that absolutely destroyed me in the final episode of WandaVision. Like I cried, I, I cried myself to death about her children and I was just devastated. So maybe it means that they won't be dead. You can come back now. What? Hmm? <laughs> so, I mean, but that's interesting. Like we talked a lot about how this is probably setting up like the multiverse of madness and things like that. But it's also yeah, apparently the writer of multiverse of madness is the writer of this or something oh, okay. like that. They're, they, I, I just read them. I don't, or maybe the, it's this, they, they share a writer or they share a director or something like that. Like the creative team is, is largely the same or something. That's interesting. I mean, I this think that's leading makes, right into it. That makes sense. But I, so, but it also, I think what this also means is like, you know, they're setting up, I mean, this, this feels very like Spider-Verse to me, right? Like to have all of these Lokis get together and potentially do something world saving. That would be cool. Yeah. And well, one so... of them being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> You know he wants to be in this, probably. Um, but it does. But it is interesting to me. In addition to it having like the Spider Verse feel, it's also like cool to see that they're planting seeds. I mean, this is what they've been doing. Like I remember when you know Captain America's shield shows up in like a a very early MCU movie, right? One of the um, one of the Iron Man movies, right? Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield would show up as a post credit sequence, and you're like. <gasps> you know like it's that right and so they're kind of they're still doing the same thing but with now with kid loki to kind of like probably give some juice to this other franchise that they're going to start which is really interesting i just heard something really interesting i don't want to get too far into this but james gunn you know james gunn right Mm -hmm. so for listeners he like directed uh the guardians movies and he's like really involved he's really involved in the mcu he's claiming that wandavision is the first canon mcu tv show so like he's claiming that like agent carter agents of shield all that stuff is is not canon not considered canon or i mean i i'm not sure that i'm not sure that mcu is going to make like a huge point of like specifically jossing those things but uh it does seem like given that we had that weird moment in the first episode of loki where loki's like yeah i'm murked uh agent colson and mobius didn't say like actually you didn't kill him it does kind of seem like we're not regarding agents of shield as canon that's kind of a bummer is it i don't know i i wasn't that big into agents of shield but i really liked i mean we had this conversation before but i loved agent carter and i would that would be a bummer for me and she's such a wonderful non-superhero female character in the series so you know it would be a bummer if that sort of um never got revisited in any way but i can i guess i can kind of you know maybe it's just a i don't want to say think a james gunn but no i think james gunn's point and i think this is probably true is that the like kevin feige like master plan thing like just was never applied to those early shows mm-hmm. that somebody basically like licensed their rights to like use the characters or whatever but like they were never part of like the grand scheme planning stuff yeah so they just kind of did whatever they wanted and with without much consideration as to how it would fit into the mcu writ large and it's like well if we have to like steamroll over some of that stuff we're just gonna do it yeah yeah um, I mean, they've done similar things with Star Wars, right? Where there was an extended universe that a lot of people really loved that now is no longer considered canon. And some people are really disappointed by that and some people care less about that. But, you know, the new 
movies and the new shows, you know, Mandalorian and I guess there's an upcoming like Boba Fett show and stuff like that are, are going to be considered canon. So I think it is a lot of like Disney sort of reasserting itself as because Agent Carter um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. both started before Disney acquired. Right. Uh, exactly. Marvel. Exactly. So I think it is sort of Disney asserting itself as like the authority on these properties, which, you know. Is fine by me because they have been really good caretakers of this canon. Do you know what I mean? Like, not it's Star not like, Wars, but this one. No, sure. not Star Wars. Like, it, so with Star Wars, it feels like y'all done messed this up real good. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you bought it. And like, I'm not saying that George Lucas would have done any better because he demonstrably did not. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you guys were not good caretakers of this franchise and yeah. like, Boo. But they've been really good caretakers of the MCU. You know, they have, you know, there's been a couple of like not as great movies. You and I both can't stand Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? But like. (laughs) That's one of my favorite episodes to listen back to because I was so (laughs) mad the whole time. (laughs) This could have been a web short. (laughs) But overall, you know, the major thrust of the MCU has been really clean and really well done and really like beautifully plotted out and the fact that they are like expanding into the disney plus arena like really gives them the opportunity to take on you know different sort of types of stories different shapes of storylines and i think that they're doing a bang up job of it now i as i said i didn't watch falcon and the winter soldier because like action for action sake is really not my thing yeah but i loved wandavision it was sad though uh I don't and know what you're talking I, about, though, because I had my hands over my ears the whole time that you were talking about. That's very good. I'm glad that you listened to your older sister and did as she said. <laughs> and Loki is like, I think Loki's killing it. And that's my segue into the AV club complaining about Loki and how much I disagree with them. Let's get to that, because I didn't read this AV club article, so I want to hear Which what your like thoughts snippets. are. The moment Loki started to lose control of its story is when Sylvie blew up the sacred timeline. It was presented like an impossibly game-changing shift, only to turn out to be a minor distraction that's had no bearing on the rest of the plot. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, her her plan failed because Loki took her out. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain to you that sometimes plots fail. Like, not the plot of a story, but a, a character's plan sometimes fails. Yeah. Because of things that happened that they weren't planning on. Loki is starting to feel like Doctor Who if the Doctor never left the TARDIS. Which is an insane thing to say as far as I'm concerned. Because we spent the entire last episode on Lament. On a different... Yeah, on a moon. What are you talking about? The Nexus event is a lot... That's what this episode's called, the Nexus event. The Nexus event is a lot of sitting around and waiting for characters to figure out stuff we already know. Which is like... Like... Yeah, it's a th- it's like a thriller. Like, do you not dramatic irony? <laughs> <laughs> like thrillers are often predicated on somebody knowing something and somebody else not knowing that thing and like having to figure it out. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I I know you want to continue, but I also think that sort of does a real disservice to like Owen Wilson's performance in this episode. If the reviewer is just sitting around going like, okay, like this has been established. I don't know what we're waiting for when really like. <laughs> What you are waiting for is... Him. And there's a lot of tension with, right. like, the scenes between Ravana and Mobius, and Mobius kind of, like, sneaking the phone to the library to watch a thing, and then sneaking in to see... Lo- there's, like, a lot of tension in that. I really can't... I honestly can't say enough good things about Owen Wilson's performance in this show. Like, he plays this, on the surface, like, very easygoing guy, and that kind of elides the confidence that he has, and, and the the way that he 
is very, very good at his job. Like the comp, the confidence and the competence that he has, I should say. And the fact that he sort of used those same techniques to like get at Ravana and that like his spidey sense was tingling around her, like it, it all, it all. And also the fact that he did have this very human moment of betrayal, like he felt very betrayed by Loki and all these things. Like, I think he did a wonderful job in this episode. And if your complaint is that we were watching him figure it out, then like, I don't really know what to tell you. I kind of yes. I agree with you. <laughs> The main disconnect is that Loki wants to be a show full of twists, turns, and shocking reveals, but the writing isn't clever enough to actually pull off that sense of mischievous what? fun. I, yeah, I, look, they gave this episode a B also, and I was like, the way you're writing about it seems like it should be a C or a D, but fine, whatever. Like, the writing isn't clever enough. Like, you and I were both shocked last week when Sylvie yes. was like, oh, no, 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 they're all variants. Like, oh my God, I this is a complete shocked. game changer. Holy crap. And like, they're like, oh, the writing isn't clever enough. Like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. The play, to play the fact that the TVA is evil as a big reveal in the fourth episode without providing any additional details just feels odd. Okay. Except, I mean, ugh, because we've had so many conversations over the past several weeks about the fa- the very fact that you have an organization that is deciding you know, basically who gets to live or who gets to die based on uh, their version of the timeline that they want to be true is in and of itself evil, right? You don't need, like, I don't know, that is, or at least morally gray, if not evil. The 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 line in this review that had me tweeting it out as, we're going to talk about this and I hate it, <laughs> was... I hadn't pegged Ravana as a villain before this, but from the moment she hastily tells Mobius that C20 died, it's pretty obvious she's not totally on the up and up. Bruh, how do you watch last week's episode where Ravana is the reason that Loki and Sylvie have to go through the tempad to Lamentis, and then Sylvie telling Loki that all the TVA agents are variants. How do you not then draw the very obvious inference that Ravana... Also, her last name is Renslayer. And they telegraphed that pretty early on. Like, I am a huge Harry Potter fan, but when your character's name is Remus Lupin, it shouldn't be like a huge reveal when it turns out he's a werewolf, right? (laughs) That should be like, oh yeah, that tracks. Like... (laughs) Ravana Renslayer, who is the, old, the the highest ranked human being we have seen in this obviously evil organization, probably is evil. Who, like, is, I, who is, I would add, the only person who has ever met with the timekeepers that we know right. of. Right, and right, Mobius right, right, right. keeps saying, like, well, I've never met them. And she's like, well, I talk to them all the time. <laughs> right. Like, like that. Come is, on. Yes. <laughs> You're a TV reviewer and you weren't like, that Ravana. She seems like a nice gal. Like, come on. <laughs> That's wild to me. That's wild to me. I mean, I think... And then they're complaining, like, I didn't think Loki's explicitly romantic love for his own variant was going to become the heart of the series. And, like, I, I agree that I didn't think that either. But I, as long as I can take that incest disgust and put it in that suitcase at the top of my closet, like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, like the connection whether or not it's romantic i think the connection is the important thing right like we talked about right. this in in the good place all the time about chelinor as endgame right <laughs> i know i know i know 
There is no answer, but Eleanor is the answer. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like, Eleanor and Chidi went through long periods of time on the show and in the various iterations of of the reboots where they were platonic and they still affected each other and had like a really warm and wonderful relationship. And sometimes they had a very contentious relationship, but like they still affected each other and made each other better. And I think, you know, Loki and Sylvie having kind of a burgeoning romantic relationship, like it is hella weird, but at the same time, like to me, it's also just a, like you meet your I mean okay I'm gonna say a wedding crashers thing which is very Owen Wilson of me but like um Owen Wilson in wedding crashers is telling Rachel McAdams don't read your speech because like her speech is full of like jokes that aren't gonna land and he says uh, he's he's giving her like better lines and he says true love is our soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another and I do think that's sort of what's happening here that like mm. maybe it's not necessarily like traditional like sexual romantic in the way that we would know it but like I I believe that he feels something for her like I don't know that we're going to watch them like you know have a sexual relationship but like there are different kinds of love that exist that are very significant and like the love I have for Tom Hiddleston <laughs> <laughs> You you and Kate are going to have to fight that one out because <laughs> Oh, she... yeah. Well, I think she and I came to a detente a long time ago. I think we decided that, like, I would get Mark Ruffalo and she could have Hiddleston. But, like, I don't know. My <laughs> not, that detente might be over. <laughs> Them's fighting words. He's grown up a lot. That's the thing. Like, he always seemed a little too green. And now he's older and it's like, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think that, that segues into what Collider had to say about this Wait, 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 wait. I just oh. want to, I want to complain for just an no, extra, of course, of course. one extra minute. Yeah. Lamentus ended on a semi-comedic plot-driven cliffhanger. I'm sorry. <laughs> semi-comedic. Are they talking there about w- the, the, like, different Lokis showing up? No, 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 no. Lamentus. They're talking about the last episode. They're talking about watching the spacecraft be destroyed by an asteroid. What? Being semi-comedic. <laughs> and I was comedic? like, holy crap, buddy, read a room. <laughs> It was devastating. All the people on the planet were falling to their knees in, in you know, absolute despair. Like, that's not comedic. What are you talking about? Is there an end to that sentence or do I just have to be horrified? No, uh, well, uh, that in no way primed us for this hard left swerve into earnest emotionality. Like, what? again, I completely, I completely disagree. Who? wrote this and i will tell you in a moment do they have eyes it's hard to know what to invest in at this point in the show no it's not it's hella not the tva is evil we need to topple it sylvie has to do that alone and or loki has to figure out how to fight his way back to her like <laughs> it's hard to know what to f- what uh who wrote this caroline seed sidey I don't know. I don't know who that person is, but uh, she's a pop culture critic in Chicago, where the cold never bothers her anyway. She Caroline, loves you. Got a cold, cold heart, my friend. <laughs> she loves sci-fi. Jane Austen. Uh oh, we have some interests in common. And co-hosting the movie podcast, Roll Calling. Oh, we can have a podcast war with her. <laughs> We're putting Caroline on notice. <laughs> she probably has ten to a hundred times as many listeners as we do. Well, I hope they all tell her that that 
By the way, she gave Lamentus an even worse grade. What? She gave it a B minus. Yeah, I don't know, man. All right, go ahead and talk about what you were going to talk about. I'm just going to sit here and steam. Banger. So uh, along the sort of lines of talking about this Loki-Sylvie relationship, Collider had a really... I I like the way that they sort of talked about it. So they said, consider RuPaul's iconic drag race sign-off. Quote, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? Loki is confident in his abilities for sure, but there are uh, there's a lot of self-loathing and a massive inferiority complex under the surface there. So maybe being able to see the good in someone else who just happens to be a mirror of himself and even coming to love that someone else is a sign of positive and healthy growth in admittedly a pretty forked up way. Of course, I you know, yes, our, our that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that is something where like, you know, the, the theme of him being a narcissist is, is a little relevant here, but I liked that way of looking at it of like, Oh, you, you know, he sees Sylvie and he sees someone who's really strong and capable and brave and like her wits have saved her, her whole life. And, you know, she's worthy of life and she's worthy of love. And maybe he comes to recognize that in himself, too. And so maybe it's not the sort of normal romantic and sexual relationship that we would normally think of. Maybe there's a a different version of that where, like, this is part of his self-love and, and growth into, like, his self-acceptance as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It I mean, seems... I kind of hope so, because... <laughs> because why well because i mean i'm a little with you it's a little weird (laughs) (laughs) i mean they're both incredibly attractive people so like don't get me wrong but you know but i do but it does it seems a little bit more complicated to me i mean all i will also connect this to so i watched shadow and bone on netflix which i would super recommend to anybody who's like really into fantasy it's one of those shows where like the first episode or two you have no idea what's going on because it's doing a lot of world building similar to loki where like there's a lot of world building at first and you kind of get gotta like ease into that pool but then it really picks up in the middle of the season and just like flies it's really really good and there's a central relation a central friendship at the at you know the center of the show and you know i think it's meant to be a love triangle but it seems to be also a little bit more than that and uh at least for two of these characters like they have a really really strong bond that's not expressed sexually and you know i don't want to spoil anything for people who are like really interested in watching it but you know it's they're they are in a world where magic exists and the first time that some of these magical powers manifest themselves is when one of these characters who loves the other character you know is in a lot of distress over what's happening to the person they love and that manifests itself as magic and it's very very powerful and so it kind of reminded me of that right like the two of them holding hands on lamentus in in this episode causing that huge nexus event it's like there are some people who affect you in that way and yet it's not always a sexual relationship like sometimes it can be a romantic friendship or like a really deep intimate i don't know some kind of intimate relationship or in this case like i don't know brother sister-esque who who knows (laughs) (laughs) i'll stop uh justifying my myself now also from collider in the same article uh just to go back around to what you were saying about mobius i agree with you collider also the reviewer wrote okay so yes things are not looking up 
looking good for our pal Mobius right now, but let me issue this humble prayer to the universe. I am a simple girl <laughs> with one simple need, and that is to see Owen Wilson on a motherforking jet ski before season <laughs> one is done. Please, Loki, totally. think of the children. Like, I truly do. It's it's Chekhov's jet ski. Like, we have to see one, Yes, right? I agree. I think, I think it's going to be like the post-credit sequence for the final episode, you know, that we see the, you know, whoever the sacred Mobius is. <laughs> I know we're running a little long here, but I wanted to also talk about um, Den of Geeks review because they have something in, you know, this huge dangling question of who runs the TVA, like who's behind all of this. I'm sure we're going to get some answer, but they were, you know, you when we were first starting in this series, you were talking about Ravana's being like a very, very difficult character to pin down in terms of her backstory because it always gets retconned and stuff like that. So they, Den of Geek is was talking about the timekeepers and they said, the omnipotent and lizard-like timekeepers are nothing but androids. Again, this is something that many Marvel fans have anticipated, but who is really behind the TVA and the dubious nature of the sacred timeline? Is this really going to turn out to be Kang the Conqueror? It's hard to forget Renslayer is Kang's girlfriend in Marvel Comics, and Kang is definitely set to make an appearance in the now filming Ant-Man 3. But I suspect- Ant-Man! Yeah, I know. They're gonna introduce the new Thanos in (laughs) Ant-Man? But I suspect the show has a a few big surprises in store for us in this final two episodes. So, like, again- It would be coconuts for them (laughs) to- be like the new the new huge MCU villain is making his debut appearance in the Disney Plus show Loki but don't worry if you miss that you can catch him in Ant-Man like no man no except That's... except Ant-Man and the Wasp had like a huge role to play in Avengers Endgame Boo. right <laughs> Okay, anything else you want to talk about before we get... <laughs> no, I just, I, I earnestly think that, like, it can't possibly be, like, if Kang is the new big bad for the next phase of the MCU, we're not going to meet him for the first time in a TV show. That's not how this works. Yeah, I agree. It could be somebody who, when they kill him, says, like, it's not my fault, I've just been working for... Well, similar to the way that a lot of people that we met in the previous phase were working for Thanos. Right, including Loki. Including Loki, but, like, um, what's-his-face, the guy, the really extra blue guy from Captain Marvel and the the Guardians Oh, the Kree, oh, God. Uh, That guy. Yeah, that guy. But he was very extra. So, like, he was working for him and, you know, the and the two Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, there were people there. So, yeah. It's I totally mean- fine if they catch the bad guy of this and he says, I'm just working for, you know, somebody else or whatever. And it's like, oh, who is that? But you can't, like, literally have Kang be like, yo, it me. I'm like... <laughs> So, sorry, who are you? Oh, I'm the the villain of the next phase of the MCU. Anyway, bye. Like that's <laughs> not that's not how this works. No, and I think we're yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with you, and I think we may have some shenanigans in the next couple of episodes with all the different Lokis. So like, we might get a bunch of red herrings, and we may not find out who's behind the TVA quite yet. So 
We'll see. Anything else you want to talk about? It was really good, and I don't know why people are being butts about it. (laughs) I thought it was really good, too. I mean, very different tonally from the last episode, but I think that makes sense, you know? Yeah! Come on, guys! Yeah. No, I'm with you. If you want to let us know what you think, you can always email us, the Good Play Podcast. Oh, yeah, did you want to read that sweet tweet? I do want to read that sweet tweet from Variant Potato, which is a great... (laughs) Uh, She's very sweet. She said, okay, I nearly screamed when I finally caught up with some pods and saw at the good play pod is back with Loki content, all caps, my favorite hilarious sisters on yet another fave show. (laughs) My life just got a little better. Thanks, ladies. Very in potato. That's so sweet. That made my day. I mean, we do have to prune you, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why are we? Oh, because she's she's a variant. She brought this on herself. Uh, Don't admit to being a variant in your Twitter bio. No. That's just going to bring the TVA down on you faster. She lives. She lives without fear. She's like Sylvie. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I have no. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next episode. So. I mean, they're. I mean, there's a. There's about to be a multiverse of madness. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're going to kill the TVA. We just don't know how they're going to. There's two episodes left. So yeah, I mean, B15's probably going to play a role. You know, Sylvie is. Still I mean, there. I hope so. We didn't see her at the end. I hope she's okay. I hope she is too. But I don't think that they would un that they would like you know take her kill out her of off the screen and then kill her off screen. You know what I mean? I agree that they wouldn't kill her off screen. That she's like too big of a role to yeah. kill her off screen. And she just learned what's going on. I mean, you know, give give her some time to incite some. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'm very excited for next week. And I think that that about wraps it up. Until next time, uh, watch your back, guys. Watch your back. The person that you knocked out, you think that they're they're out cold. They're not. Watch your back. We will see you in an alternate timeline, Ding Dongs. The Minuteman, man, it's a good thing I'm doing the recap, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Who is... (laughs) 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 (laugh